All right, welcome back to the Canadian Gun Vault. Behind the vault door, my name is Mark Morelli. I'll be your podcast host. Joining me tonight is my co-host, none other than Coach Nick. Coach Nick, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me again. You know what? It's always great. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not the show without you. I do it quite often by myself, but it's always more fun when I've got uh, somebody here that I can bounce some ideas off of. And it looks like I've uh, arrived here tonight and you've already got your own list here. What do you got going on? What you got, what you I've got? got a whole bunch All right. of things. You know, let, let's, let, you know what? Hey, you have the mic. What about what about that phenomenon we're seeing with cops and water? Cops and water. Like oh. how ridiculous is that? You know, like it, it, to me, it's a whole like. And, and when I see that, I wrote down a couple notes. It's like, where is where has respect for authority and common courtesy gone? Well, that's my that's my initial thought. Well, let, let's let's uh, let's paint a picture for the people that are, are listening and perhaps don't know what you're talking about. Um, a number of videos have circulated around the internet. There seemed to be uh, a very short-lived trend during probably the hottest uh, days of the summer. It looked like uh, police officers were getting doused with uh, everything from water guns to water balloons to buckets, buckets of water yeah. and, and and of course you know uh, we threw up a couple of videos up on the page and uh, asked for some feedback from the audience and uh, got a tremendous response from people uh, you know the range the range of commentary uh, was all the way from you know maybe they're in on it and you know it's a really hot day not a bad way to cool off all the way to like you said you know horribly disrespectful and what, what the hell is the world coming to um, you know we later look at uh, uh, expanded versions of those clips and we can clearly see that officers are attempting to arrest people and they're getting doused with water and uh, you know people are jeering and calling them names and whatnot uh, you know I, I, I'm trying to imagine how I might react in in my in my retirement now and certainly from a different generation of policing I don't I don't know how much of that I would have stood for uh, a lot of people were saying you know that should be considered assault and and they're not incorrect I, I've seen I've seen everything you know from cups of coffee to bottles of water you know poured on people um resulting in, in criminal charges being laid you know like 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 things like that uh you know to wit a bottle of water you know like <laughs> well i mean in, in this day and age all it takes is one incidence something happens somebody gets hurt yeah god forbid loses their life because they want to play a joke and and i don't know you know again it, it, like there's just no respect for authority, but then somebody gets hurt and they're gonna cry foul. Well, well, you know, people would probably. It's like, it's like, it's like, like that's common sense. Don't go up to a police officer and drill them with a water gun. Yeah, like, like, well, I would never. We would never dream of doing that when we were kids. I, I you know, never. I, I think, I think. See, this is where the lines get blurred a little bit, and I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a number of people saying, "Well, you know, what's the big deal? It's just you water." You can't blur lines in such certain situations. Well, you know, it, it all starts someplace. I, I always tell people that you know, uh, in order to maintain control, sometimes you got to nip some things in the bud. Uh, you know, you could sit there and say it's just. water. Water, you know, there's no real harm in that. Uh, there's there's a much bigger issue of, of respect and an undertone of, of disrespect that is evident in, in the videos that I saw. But uh, you know, let's kick it up a notch. Maybe it's not water. Maybe mixed up in that water bottle is uh, you know human urine and feces. Because I've seen that trick. Or just anything contaminated with Hep C. Like who knows? Yeah, you know, there's diseases to consider, folks. Uh, you know, God knows in this day and age, we've seen our fair share of acid attacks happening abroad. Yeah. 
well. you know. So I mean, uh, what's exactly in in those bottles of water or in those water guns? I mean, you can sit there and say, what what are the chances of that? Well, I mean, the chances seem to be going up exponentially as time goes on. You know, we're seeing more and more uh, efforts made to injure police officers. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, it's 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 more than possible that somebody could put something in that that bottle that uh, you know could be damaging. Or you harmful. just get a cop hater in, in a giant crowd. Yeah, you know, I, I, it, like it just puts it, it it puts it puts police officers at a very very dangerous in a very very dangerous and precarious situation. Well, that to say the least. That and the officers in the videos that I saw seemed to be uh, you know relatively new, and you know they still had that that look about them that screamed out you know sub two years of employment, and uh, I know I wouldn't tolerate it. I you know I it, it might be kind of funny to see one person perhaps take a squirt at you on a hot day. And it's hard to say though. It kind of I guess it kind of depends on what what the community was maybe there was some you never know maybe there's some tension in that community and they've been told to stand down like who knows well if, if you've got if right? you've got a, like, if you've got an enormous crowd of people surrounding you it's always tense when you're arresting somebody and you're surrounded by unhappy but they people. weren't even arresting anybody though. well well no in the one video i saw the they, one they were the one the one video i saw an expanded version of it they were arresting somebody and uh, of course they were getting doused with water and having things thrown at them uh you know water bottles and whatnot as they were uh trying to uh, apprehend a party and I, I can tell you right now it would take me all of two seconds to spin around and uh, arrest somebody for obstructing police uh, you know even if you just catch and release and throw them back afterwards just to set an example for everybody else because you can see how wildly it can get out of hand like oh, you let you let one person hit you with a water a balloon yeah one person hits you with a water balloon and you do nothing and then all of a sudden you've got an entire crowd of people turning hoses on you and yeah. and, and, and really when you think about it uh for the people watching that aren't involved, it really does set a certain tone of, like I said, disrespect, and uh, certainly doesn't speak volumes about you know the uh, the respect people have for authority when they just stand around and watch that. You know, I'm, I'm from a different time in policing, certainly a different time. You know, when I was raised, you would never dream, no. you know, of raising a hand to a police officer, even in jest, uh, you could get badly hurt. And uh, you know, I, watching those officers, you know, kind of suffer through that really did. Leave a bad taste in my mouth. Well, I just, it just, my whole, when I saw any of those videos, it was all about. My, my first concern and my first thought was safety for the police officers. Yeah, and, and as that's it, it. Didn't go beyond that. You know, and, and as it should be, I, you know, police officers are, are subjected to abuse every single day. Um, you know, certainly they place themselves in, in harm's way uh, every, every single shift. You know, is it is an opportunity to be somebody's hero, hero, and also an opportunity to get yourself killed if you're not careful. And uh, you know, there's a lot of dangers, uh, and, and certainly police officers are, you know, taxed to the limit in terms terms of uh, the demands that are placed on them, the number of roles that they must, you know, function in. And, uh, you know, as a police officer, you're wearing a number of hats uh, all day long, you know, everything from social worker to, you know, impromptu parenting, uh, you know, along to, you know, zookeeper, uh, you know, in in some, in some, (laughs) depending on your beat, depending on your beat, you know, I, I, I used to love working. We had a beat we used to call triple six, you know, the devil's beat, you know, the beat, the beat had to be North End Hamilton. It was, it was, it was the North End of Hamilton and it was in the area between, you know, Sherman Avenue and Gage, (laughs) uh, you know, North, 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 North of Cannon. Between Barton and, and and the water. It was, it was, it was, it was was actually, it was North of Cannon all the way down to Burlington street and, 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 
And it was the notorious six 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 beat, uh, aka the Devil's Beat. And of course, you know, you had you had kind of an interesting range of police officers that would you know do their best to avoid it. Uh, and then there were guys like me that volunteered to work it because I love. I the, can't blame them. I, I, I love the I love the colorful the colorful times you would have uh, on the colorful Devil's is beat. one word for colorful. It. Yeah, well, you know, you, you you'd see all kinds of different things there, and you would never be bored uh, on that shift. You'd probably, you probably take a walk down Barton Street anywhere from, I don't know, James to Sherman, and it is just, it, like, you just sit back and enjoy the show. Well, you know, I, I used to tell it's people it's, it's, it's the greatest show on earth. Uh, working as a police officer in a major metropolitan city, you know, and it's in the north end of Hamilton. Uh, if you're working in the Hammer, you got to see all different kinds of things. Uh, never a dull moment. Uh, you know, I specifically asked for some some really rough beats because I, I enjoyed doing that, and uh, it, it, it was never it was never dull. It was never boring. Oh, no. No, no. But what, what else you got written down there? What else? Okay, I'm going to leave this one for last because right. uh, you may or may not want to broach that now you may want to leave we, that for, for uh, you know we, we'll, we, we'll come back to that we we'll touched, back that, to touched that. on that one in my last podcast but we'll yeah, yeah okay what, what else you got so uh just the recent rash uh, of unfortunate gun violence uh south of the border uh and north of the border um and how the anti-gun community up here tries to use what happens in the States in a very different gun culture and apply it to here to, to kind of, you know, beat us down. Uh, and, and more specifically, though, the, the, the well, twofold, how, how all of a sudden, and it's funny, I shouldn't say it's funny because it's not, but right when that whole Epstein thing hit the fan in the States, oh. the, yeah, the Lolita Express, yeah. I, I, no word of a lie, and this, this is going back two, three weeks, I saw someone, actually, I saw in two different instances on social social media, somebody said, cue the mass shooting. Yeah, yeah. And, and God forbid it, it, it flipping happened, right? Well, we're going to get we're going to get into a little tinfoil hat then, because, you know, what? Well, well, when I say that, I mean, I mean, very, very clear prediction. Well, you know, what? it's it's one that continuously occurs it, it for the people that are listening. Uh, certainly, you know, we in Canada have our, our battles. We have we have liberals. Uh, Americans have Democrats. Yep. Uh, you know, you guys down in the United States have Trump. You know, we've uh, we've got our, our fair share of problems managing Justin Trudeau and his uh, merry band of idiots. We've and got about as opposite as you could get to Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. So we've got we've got the far leaning left uh, in control right now up here in Canada. And no Second Amendment. No Second Amendment to stand on, and uh, there are eyeballing gun rights and of course they, they've been they've been for the last few years building up to uh, to bans and I said it a couple of years ago I you know I very clearly uh, made my predictions and said that they were going to uh, do their humble best to blur the lines between you know legal gun owners and the criminals that use firearms uh, to commit acts of violence and, and I mean there's there's always been in my mind a clear distinction between the two um, you know there really isn't uh, a significant number uh, of, uh, and you can sit there and say that, uh, you know, every every life is valuable, and it is. But the truth is, in the grand scheme of things, up here in Canada, uh, we have uh, very few, by comparison to the United States, very few instances where firearms are used overall in, in acts of violence, legal and illegal. Uh, the, the numbers are ridiculously low when compared to things like, you know, opioid, opioid overdoses and, you know, car accidents and... Mis- and 
misprescription of drugs and you know you know malpractice. malpractice. Yeah, and of course, yeah. doctors never want to talk about how many people they kill, but uh, they're more than but willing. They want to chime in on the. But they more. Thing. Yeah, they're more than willing to chime in on the uh, the gun debate. But so, relatively speaking, we really don't have a gun problem up here. I mean, there's been a rash of you know recent shootings, which uh, you know I attribute directly to Carding and John Tory's crappy policies and and leaders like him who've eliminated carding. And I mean, for all those people out there that, you know, believe that carding is, you know, unconstitutional or violates our charter or, the, you know, it's wrong and it, 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 it uh, you know, isolates certain groups and it, it targets certain groups. I mean, I have my feelings on that. I've made it abundantly clear that I think that carding is a fantastic tool, actually, for, for police to shake down bad guys with guns. And they really don't have a whole lot of time uh, to do more than that. So if you think that you're just going to be walking down the street as Joe Public and, you know, get harassed by a police officer and, you know, demands are going to be made, uh, you know, for you to produce identification and that you're going to be treated like a criminal. I can tell you that that's, that's not what carding does. Carding enables police officers to um, realistically control some of these animals on well, the streets. It, it, it's interesting because they take, they take carding, which I consider um, a, a policing tool, not the only tool, but, you know, a tool. They take that away from them. Now I see things posted when there's been a crime committed. And, of course, they want the public's assistance, which makes sense. The more eyes, right? So nobody's ever going to argue that. But then then they attach the, 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 the phrase to it, uh, the suspect is non-white. So how many different possibilities do we have now oh. so if you if you so no but if you want to if you want to if you want to catch the culprit identify gender race height weight eye color hair color be specific that's not specific wow. like you're you're, you're, you're not you're, you're throwing out a general comment to make it look like they're doing their due diligence and trying to police when it when and essentially it means nothing well How can you never that down we're, we're, we're crossing the line into uh, you know political correctness and and the issues that it you know generates um, if you want police uh, to ask for assistance from the public we should be able to give a description I don't, I don't care if they're purple I really doesn't matter you know some people could sit there and say that you know and that's that's unfair to those groups and people are offended it's it all unfair. comes but they it commit come, a crime. It, it comes. That's, it, that's it, too bad if it, if it if it hurts your if it, if it hurts your ass because I don't really give a shit. Yeah, garbage. You know, you know what? It, it's 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 true. It's true. That whole non-white thing that that really does burn my ass. And I mean, certainly before I left policing, I saw the direction things were headed in, and it left a sour taste in my mouth. If if you have a person uh, who is let's say of Asian descent. Right, uh, you know, and you can't quite identify whether they're Japanese, Chinese, Filipino, Korean. You know, like any one of another number's different. But but you know, like at least you say Asian. So you know, you're looking for an Asian now. And I don't want to pick on the Asian groups. I'm just using that as an example. And I don't think that they represent disproportionately well, any number of people. White. That, yeah, what what whatever. Suspect but but is white. well, well, no, no, no. But like, I mean, if you're gonna give a description of a suspect to the public in hopes that they're going to be able to assist you, um, I think it's really important that you give them the necessary information that they can do that uh failure to do that really really means that all you're doing is is, is putting out you know partial information well you're putting the police in a precarious situation yeah too, because it, how are they supposed you know like how are they supposed to figure out who it is and then they they stop someone and it's not the right person and then that person gets agitated and it's like you know it, it put out the information that they have you know if the suspect if, if if a witness or a victim describes 
describes that party and it's important enough that you ask for the help of the public if you're going to put that information out there uh, a, a fear of public backlash should not be a consideration when putting out that information and it certainly uh, isn't the kind of thing that you should you know uh, so so they're, they're substituting public safety for p- political correctness what a bunch oh, of garbage at it! Oh well, well, you know what? It's it's not the police fault. I can tell. I can tell you right now. You know, it, well, it, start, okay. it starts. Well, starts making that decision. Well, you know, it starts from the top on down. I mean, uh, police officers can't talk about it, but I can because I'm retired. I mean, the truth is, is that the highest levels of policing are so intermingled with political entities yeah, that that, yeah. that you that you you can't you can't avoid it. And uh, failure to do what they want will result in you getting punished. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, you can sit there and say that that's not fair, or that's not right, or that's not true, but it is. Uh, uh, the truth is, is, if you step out of line, you don't toe the party line. If you, if you dream of having an opinion that uh, extends beyond what the administration wants you uh, to put out there to the public, if you speak to the media, dare to speak to the media uh, without consulting, you know, media relations officers and getting approval from the highest levels of the administration, you will be punished. That's the truth. It's right in the PMPs. You will not talk to the media. It's, uh, it, 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 it's very policing now, based on what I see, and not being able to. Uh, give a, a, a specific description. Taking away carding really reminds me of of the profession I'm in, which is teaching. When more kids in the classroom, uh, more kids with issues in the classroom that maybe I'm not fully trained for, mm-hmm. uh, and they want you to do just as good, but then they heat more stuff on. Yeah. Oh, so I, it, it, there's a lot of parallels that they're, they're, kind of struck me earlier today. It's there like, are. And, and, and you know what? And something else that I think is really important to note uh, is, is I really want uh, you know the EMS, firefighters, police, paramedics that, that are listening. Uh, if you tune in and you're you know part of law enforcement, uh, if you're part of any one of those groups, and you've noticed uh, left wing politics creeping into your workplace uh, and or being jammed down your throat on mass, you know I, I really want the guys and girls uh, who have felt that and or who have ever had some difficulty with it but have been afraid to express it. I want you to think about these things when you vote in October because I can tell you if you've ever been unhappy with uh, left wing left leaning policies being you know shoveled down your throat if you've been if you if you're tired of being told time and again every year during block training that you're a bad person that you're an insensitive person that you're that you're part of a system that by its very design is engineered to keep people down certain groups and and you're shamed, you know, and afraid to raise your yeah. hand because yeah. you want to get out of there in a timely fashion. Anybody that opens up their mouth is just going to result in, you know, an argument happening with the uh, person who's providing the seminar. If you've ever had any difficulties with that, uh, make sure you vote conservative next election. Uh, I think that it's really important to note that we had eight years of win here in Ontario, and it, it was felt in policing. I, I know I felt it. Uh, you know, you could just you could tell from the uh, the the seminar leaders that they were bringing in that this was really important to them, uh, that they have these subgroupings of people heard and that they make sure that everybody knows exactly what's expected of them. And I mean, certainly there have been some things that needed to change over the years, and, and there's always going to be people that 
perhaps are insensitive or, you know, they're um, resistant to the idea of, you know, changing some of their old ways. But uh, if you've ever had a problem with these things and been afraid to raise your hand, if you haven't liked some of the policies that have been jammed down your throat, I would highly recommend you vote conservative next election. Uh, Because I think I think that police officers especially, I think, need to know that we've got a liberal liberal government in power that seems to be steering us into this gun control debate uh, in such a way that you need to know that down the road, if this ever comes down to bans or if they try and force central storage or because these are all things I truly believe are coming. They're certainly going to be presented as election platform promises. Uh, They're going to push for that, uh, you know, centralized storage. They're going to effect bans. And who's going to be forced, you know, into a position, the uncomfortable position of enforcing them? The police. And, and I think for all the police officers out there that own guns, know full well, you know, that you will be the first ones to be told to turn them in. And there's always going to be pressure, uh, you know, from the highest levels of policing to uh, fall in line. But I think that the gun, the gun issue is going to be a very serious one uh, for law enforcement personnel in this country. I look at what's going on in New Zealand and how they're literally forcing people. They call it a buyback, but it's not a buyback. A buyback is, is when somebody has some kind of legal entitlement to the property. We're talking about about a forced sale. You know, in New Zealand right now, they've determined that a certain, you know, a certain type of firearm is to be turned in for destruction. Failing that, you will be criminally charged. They're already warming people up to the idea that you will have no excuse, you know, following a certain specified date. If you're still found to be in possession of these items, you will be arrested. You will be charged criminally. So people really have no choice but to bring their guns in. And, and under the guise of, you know, we're going to be offering you, you know, buyback money that may or may not, you know, fall in line with what you spent. Uh, You know, people are being literally forced to turn over property. They haven't done anything wrong. They haven't hurt anybody. Uh, You could sit there and say that it's in the name of public safety and to prevent, you know, anything like this from happening in the future. But the truth is, is they're being forced, forced to turn in their property, forced to accept whatever it is that they're offered. Because if you're standing in line, they say, well, we've graded your property. We found it to be uh, only 50%. So we're going to offer you this much money. It's not like you can turn around and walk away from the lineup and say, I'm not taking it. Like at that point, you're there. And then they destroy the property right in front of you. That's what's coming here if we allow the Justin Trudeau government right, to be reelected. And the police are going to be put into a position where they're going to have to enforce that. And I really don't want that for them. And I think that no. anybody that thinks far enough ahead should be able to see that that's the direction we're heading in. Because you bring up, you know, the things that are going on in the states and how our politicians are trying to connect it uh, to us and to il- use it well, they, as, a, as an illustrative point. They, yeah, they're trying to justify a, a change in law of he- up here based on something that happened in another country that never happens here. Well, I found a nice little stat online today. Okay. And it's a chart. And the, the title of the chart is Mass Public Shootings Comparing European Countries to U.S. and Canada from January 2009 to December of 2015. Okay. Death rate per million people from mass public shootings from 20... Okay. And, it, and they have them ranked. Canada is ranked 14th on this list. Okay. Uh, the countries ahead of them... Norway, Serbia, France, Macedonia, Albania, Slovakia, Switzerland, Finland, Belgium, the Czech Republic, U.S., Austria, and the Netherlands. Okay. 0.032 per million in Canada. It, it's not an issue. 
it's not an issue. Well, you see, this is about votes. This isn't about public safety. Of scaring, course, scaring, clearly. scaring the public and engaging in the uh, practice of fear mongering is exactly what they're doing. This government has shamefully failed on every election promise they have. They got to come through on something. So if they can't, if they can't do it on their own, they got to engineer something. And if it's not happening here, if people aren't engaging in mass shootings here, then they've got to borrow from other whoever, areas. Whoever's, and, write, whoever's writing a liberal script, you got to, you know, you've got a job waiting for you in Hollywood when the, the, the conservatives win in the fall because you're just writing a great little drama there. Well, we do, we do have, it. we do have a part-time drama teacher as our as our current leader, oh. and of course the icing on the cake today, good old Wendy Kukie. Oh, you know, don't you know? I, you, I, I, you I hear mm. you hear nothing you, for how long, and you were the first one to post it today, and I can't believe. And, and, and people were following suit for the rest of the day, but you were the first one on any of my social media platforms I saw posted today. CCFR posted later on in or early evening. A number of other uh, um, pages that I follow posted it. I can't believe. I can't. I don't know when I've heard such an irresponsible comment made other than Wendy Kuke. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, Wendy, are, are you still ass hurt because you got booted from the job at, at Brock University for someone more qualified? So you want to pick up your bullying tactics and continue that now? Like, like what's pissed you off? No. Because you, that was just a ridiculous, ridiculous comment. Well, you know, I, I have my theories. Uh, I think that it's important for the people listening that you understand uh, exactly uh, the landscape on this one. So Wendy Kuke, and I mean, I, and I, I always like that whenever I speak about uh, people that are unfortunate survivors of horrible tragedies like Wendy, uh, and, and I mean, nobody's ever going to take that away from her. That's that's the truth. Wendy Kuke uh, survived the Polytechnique shooting uh, in back in 1989, I believe it was. Mark Lapine went on a rampage and shot 14 or so uh, women in a, uh, you know, madness-fueled mass-type shooting. And... You know, was it a horribly tragic event? Absolutely. Was was it uh, avoidable? Uh, you know, certainly the laws have changed substantially since then. Uh, you know, what did he use? That Mini 14 rifle, and you know, it 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 was the starting point of a lot of changes. And certainly, Wendy became, you know, the flagship member of the uh, gun coalition, anti-gun type movements. And Wendy, uh, you know, as a very young girl, survived that experience. And, you know, uh, as horrible as it was, uh, and, you know, and she's definitely been given an opportunity to speak on a number of occasions. I think at this point, I, I, I want to draw the line. I've kid-gloved it with Wendy enough. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, she survived that experience. It was horrible. I don't take anything away from that. But... Wendy yeah. Wendy Kukier has made a career of being a victim. Wendy Kukier has made a career out of and using need them to, to to justify her bullying. Needless needlessly slamming right the legal firearm community. Like we're talking decades of her lying 
blatantly. Everybody knows it. Uh, when she gets up and speaks, there's no question she's coming from a place of some personal negative experience. Quite frankly, I think it's impossible to view her as a as an unbiased type uh, entity. But she still, that being said, she still has the right to speak. But 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 again, that being said, speak responsibly. Well, no, no, no. Well, well this want is. The, you, well, why, why you t- why don't you just dictate or sorry, uh, review the exact quote? Well, this is this people haven't. Well, I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get upset. You know, uh, you get upset. Uh, well, no, I, no. You know, it's it's, it's, it's you should get upset based on that quote. Well, here, here's 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 a comment made by Wendy Kuke. Uh It was uh, quoted in the Toronto Star. And and first of all, <clears throat> to the people at the Star, you're a rag. You're now a digital rag too. Quite frankly, I, I can't believe how often you bend like you do. But you, I can't believe they actually put this in black and white. Wendy Kuke uh, is quoted as saying that legal gun owners tend to be more effective in killing people because they spend time at target practice or hunting. So, so there's there's the implication that we are are target practicing and hunting with the underlying implication. Uh, that we're going to use that against other other humans. You know, like, come on. You know, I've I've always maintained that the uh, anti-gun uh, coalition has always done their absolute best to blur the lines between the legal firearm community and uh, criminals that use guns. And uh, you know, I've said it from the very beginning. Uh, my one of my earliest. Fireside chats, videos, podcasts that I refuse to be compared with criminals. I refuse to be compared with madmen. And we've got Wendy here. Quite honestly, uh, for the people that don't know it, Wendy, Wendy was slated to become the president of Brock University. And it was only uh, by the grace of God that people came forward and reported numerous instances of bullying in the workplace with Wendy being at the center of it all. And what what I have to say is this. I think it's entirely possible, and again, I, I would preface it by saying it's horribly tragic what she survived, and she's a victim. There's no question about that. She has, however, made a career of being a victim. She's made a career of lying about the firearm community and lying about statistics, uh, doing her humble best right, to damage our community every opportunity she has gotten. She was slated to be the president of Brock University, and thank, thankfully... Uh, you know, that that was stopped. Uh, and when I say that, uh, I, I truly do believe uh, that quite often people who are bullied become bullies. And I think that that's I think that's, a, you know, a bona fide phenomenon. I think it's entirely possible that Wendy Kuke is just an awful fucking person. And she probably was an awful person before that tragic event. But now she's felt licensed to be awful uh, on an ongoing basis with, you know, the firearm community. Uh, certainly the people at Brock University. University, uh, were subjected mm-hmm. to bullying. Uh, there were numerous instances cited, and, and it cost her the presidency. Uh, she really has, as a result, in my opinion, been uh, put on the bench when it came to the firearm debate. She really has been relatively quiet until now. It's my it's my theory that she has sat on the sidelines for so long that she sees the money train coming into the station. She, quite frankly, I think, has been cast off by the anti-gun community, and she's not involved anymore the way she used to be, and she feels less important. She's going to vote liberal. Well, you all, well no, she, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that she's going to vote liberal. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, who knows? Maybe she'll have a change of heart. I've always offered to take Wendy out for a day of shooting and or a dinner. I don't know how we'd get along, but 
the truth is, is that I, I feel that now more than ever, you know, she feels the need to come out of the woodwork and, you know, throw in her two cents. And what does she do? She paints us up to be terrorists waiting to happen. It's not even like, you know, it's not even, it's not even the lie anymore where she says, you know, like, we don't want to take all your guns. You're dreaming. We don't want to take all your guns. No, now I'm just going to say that you guys make more effective killers because you actually practice. So now going to the range is a bad thing. You can't even do that anymore. And Wendy's eyes, look, folks, she hates guns. She hates guns. She hates people with guns. I, I, I really do believe that she genuinely hates these things and would like to see them completely eliminated from existence. And, and that's just not possible. It's not possible. And for everybody who's out there that believes that if you outlaw and ban guns entirely, that you're going to stop them from flooding into this country from the United States, you're terribly mistaken. When the famous saying, guns. The the, the, guns. The, yeah, you, you can, you can eliminate, you use well, five. you've got, you know, like people, people think that it's gotten kind of quiet. I really do think that a lot of people are off the internet. I think that people are out outdoors during the summer months, uh, but we are experiencing uh, a massive movement uh, by the left and by the anti-gun community to damage, uh, you know, firearm ownership in this country right now. We got John Tory. I, I really want to encourage people to pay close attention to the radio stations and confront uh, men like John Tory who are seizing opportunities to uh, plea with the public and spread the 50% domestically Very sourced lies. Four years ago for Don. Oh, John Tory, yeah. John, John, Tory, John Tory said about four and a half years ago that there was absolutely no merit in exercising a handgun ban or at least a, a ban, a banning of sales of firearms in, in, in the Toronto area. There really wasn't any merit in it. But he's really changed his tune now. He's jumped on board the liberal train. I, I would wonder if John has a place waiting for him with the next liberal well, government. You know, if he has political aspirations that extend beyond, you know, municipal politics, I wouldn't be one bit surprised. Uh, but he's definitely towing that party line. He's making appearances. He's I certainly like speaking. Billy. Right? Oh, Billy Blair. Don't even get me started on <laughs> Billy Blair. Anyway, John Tory is making appearances on radio stations. Uh, he's doing what he can to damage, you know, the image of the firearm community. Uh, they're definitely painting this picture of the gunplay in the streets uh, and, and the ability to stop it by eliminating uh, legitimate sales. I mean, the truth is, folks, if you're listening to this and you haven't clued in yet, uh, there's two distinct groups of people. You got legal gun owners, people that buy guns for legitimate purposes, target practice, they hunt, they compete, uh, they collect. There's a, there's a million reasons why people enjoy firearms legitimately and never statistically use them in crimes. And then you got this group of assholes that uh, obtain firearms illegally. They obey none of the laws. They're going to get them one way or another, whether or not they're sold legally in this country. Uh, they're getting them. They're getting them. And to tell people uh, to sell them on the idea, to sell the Toronto public, to sell the victims, the families of the victims, the idea that they're going to resolve the problem by eliminating the sale of firearms, by telling people the lie that you're more likely to be uh, injured by a spouse who owns firearms, because I saw them spreading that around during one of the early town hall meetings, you know, that, that there really is a problem uh, relating to, you know, legal firearm ownership in this country. I'm really great. It's really great to see guys like Louis March, uh, you know, who's a leader in his community coming forward and saying, you know, we recognize that there 
there's a clear distinction between legal gun owners and the people who are using the guns in crimes. And you've got, you know, disadvantaged, uh, you know, youth. You got people that are at risk, you know, getting involved in gang activity. I got, I got news for anybody uh, buying the shit that John Tory is, is spreading around. Uh, Toronto doesn't have a gun problem. Toronto has a gang problem. Well, I think that's one thing that people got to ask themselves anytime they hear any, any of this, any of this anti-gun rhetoric. Ask yourself, okay, so what is, what is being proposed that's going to combat crime, more specifically uh, uh, gang crime? And are they putting more boots on the streets? You know, are they, are they doing any of that? So if they're not doing any of that, then they're not addressing the crime because it's not the legal gun owners that are committing the crime, mm. committing the crimes with the guns. Yeah, I, I like I, I guess I would tell any person that's pushing hard right now and agrees with you know this, this movement uh, to. Uh, make amendments to the current firearm act that is only going to impact legal gun owners i would i would ask that they look themselves hard in the mirror and say look do we really want to stop the violence if you do you've got to identify the threat where is it coming from it's gang members where are they getting their guns not not from not from legal sources okay and from the doctor it's not from the garbage man it's not from the teacher it's not from the librarian that's going to the range and has been legally storing and using their guns for decades. No. That's not who's doing it. No, you've got a bunch of politicians that are trying to sell you on the idea because, quite frankly, real solutions to these problems require a lot of work and a lot more money that they're willing to spend. And quite yeah. frankly, quite frankly, they'll probably fail. It'll take it'll take way more than one or two terms to resolve these issues. Yeah, but I, I, bet, I bet all the money that they sunk into that long gun registry probably could have done something about it, though, right? Yeah, a couple Just of... dig that up a little a bit. A couple but. of billion wasted dollars, sure, that could have gone. That could have gone towards hiring more police officers. That could have gone towards social programs that would have, uh, you know, assisted uh, youth in steering clear of, you know, violent crime and gang activity. General public education. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But 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 see, it's such an easy sell. We're going to ban guns, right? Because it's so emotional. It's an emotional. It is. It is absolutely. You've got people out there that want something done. All they all they hear about is the violence, and the media is not helping because they're not properly articulating where the guns are coming from. I love. No, I love. They, got, they had their payday. They're going to articulate it the way somebody else wants it articulated. Well, they got they, they got to spin their payday. They got they got they got to spin the story in a way that makes the government happy. Otherwise, they might not get their little stick. Listen, listen, let, let's, let's, yeah. Stippened. Let's, what's with that voice? Yeah, yeah. Are you done now with the voice? You know what? I'm just aggravated after a long day of listening to you commentary. You were aggravated. I was. No, I, we're going to shift gears because we're going to go to more, something, something a lot more positive now. Mm-hmm. I tried sporting clays for the first time. Yeah. And if anybody hasn't tried that, it is freaking awesome. You liked it? I, yeah. I was. I got a little frustrated. I you, saw that. You saw that. I you saw, saw that. that. I got a little frustrated when that those little pricks went bouncing across the ground and I <laughs> went 0 for 4. It's fast, day, those rabbits. Holy jeez. Yeah, okay. But it was freaking fun. And, and the big thing, listen, I'll tell you right now, I've only been shooting trap and skeet for three years. If you can shoot, shoot trap and skeet, you'll do fine. The only thing that you, that is, the learning curve is going to be is knowing where they're coming from. Oh, yeah. Learning, learning the pattern where they're coming from. It's like anything else. Once you kind of understand 
the order and where they're going to come from, you, your you your success rate will will steadily in, uh, incline. Okay, all right. So but it was it was fun. We had a great group of guys. Adam running the show. No commentary <laughs> the whole. Uh, he, no commentary. He loves you know the what? break. He breaks balls. I I love. No, I love. He was good today because he knew it was myself and there was another guy that we were shooting with yeah. that were new. Yeah. And he, and so he kind of kept it. He kid gloved it with he, you. Did he, he? he kept it on. Yeah, he kept it on the down low. And just let us shoot. And there was that. There was a, a I don't know the gentleman who just wanted to shoot with us. Jim, who, who was clearly a seasoned veteran, yep. and he was he wasn't all uptight because he could see that we're missing and not get. He was right in it, and he was he was. But it was it was a great deal. I did my best not to talk in his backswing when I could think of it. I, I, yeah. For the people that have ever shot with me, I, I and you know podcast Brian was with us. Podcast Brian and was he out with hit. us. Yeah, you know what? podcast Brian was crushing him. He could. You, hit. You, you know what? He was having a good day. I, you know what? I love, I love when I shoot with podcast Brian because you could tell he's like one step away from combat out there. Like I mean, oh. he, you know, like he, we, he, he sets up. You know, he's getting focused. He, he has, he has such fantastic form and he swings so yeah. smoothly. Yeah. And and for the people out there that don't know what we're talking about, sporting clay, uh, unlike trap, where a single bird is launched from the house when you yell pull, uh, and unlike skeet, when two birds are launched when you yell pull and you're forced to shoot twice. Uh when you get into sporting clay, you have birds flying from different directions. Sometimes, you know, three at a time, uh, you know, you might have oh, to, yeah. yeah, you know, you know, not, don't hit the white bird, you don't know, hit like, don't, bird. don't hit the white bird. And so, so it's, it's a lot more exciting and, uh, certainly you go from station to station shooting, uh, shooting sporting clay. And it's really exciting. And this is, this is the part where I got, I got to plug them because I tell you, they, they, they really have done a fantastic job of, uh, getting that club up to snuff. If you haven't been to the Hamilton gun club, it's just a couple of turns off the link, uh, uh in, in the Stony Creek mountain, there's a, a wonderful, beautiful, club called the Hamilton Gun Club. They have uh, premier five-stand skeet, uh, sporting clay, and trap facilities there. Uh, you got some really great guys. Uh, you know, yeah, there's some there's some older guys there that uh, can be a little bit crotchety at times, but they, they actually, once they open up, they're actually quite entertaining. Uh, we've got guys as old as, you know, 89, and, you know, some really young cats are getting in there now. It's, it's, it's a changing atmosphere. Uh, that place may have had a reputation at some point for being a little bit stoic, but uh, it's lightening up with the Canadian Gun Vault. Was, uh, you and I it, there. It, no, it was it was thoroughly fun. Yeah, you, and you, it's fifty, and it's fifty, it's fifty shots. Yeah, well, Sporting Clays is fifty. Ra- yeah, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, shots. fifty shots. And they, I think how many stations are there? Are there ten stations? There's got there's five? got there's there's got to be about ten stations there. You'll you'll need two full boxes of ammo around yeah. round out there because because it's actually two rounds compressed together is eighteen dollars for a Sporting Clay. A regular uh, round of trap or ski is about six bucks yeah. they sell ammo on site and uh, they've got a full yeah they've got really reasonable rates they're prorated uh they run they run you know nationals there at certain points i just saw provincials not that long ago they've definitely got the you know really great facilities they got some fantastic staff they got a fully stocked kitchen there you can get some hamburgers you can get some sausages you want coffee oh, you want drinks the kitchen, drinks. The kitchen they, yeah yeah, yeah the they kitchen run, facilities are fantastic they run they run they run a great breakfast for you know five bucks or so and the guys like to eat there on you know 
Saturday and Sunday mornings, and I don't blame them one bit. Uh, on a beautiful, you know, a beautiful day like today with blue sky, you know, great guns and some terrific facilities. The Hamilton Gun Club is definitely uh, a great place to be. They're open Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you, you can give them a call uh, to check in with them on their hours of operation. I think they're nine zero five six nine two forty two twenty four. Sure. 4220. Yeah, 692 4224. And the 905, that's them. And they are, they recently entered the world of Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Look for them on Instagram. Yeah, they're now. they're they're on Instagram now. We're, we're giving we're, we're trying we're trying we're trying to walk them through. Uh, they're they're just they're just starting Made out on Instagram. They're they're in the infancy stages. We're we're trying to explain to them how it all works, but uh, you know they're getting on board. Uh, certainly, they'd like to see their membership grow. Uh, give them a call. I believe at this stage in the game, I think you can join the club for something uh, in the neighborhood of seventy dollars uh, for the balance of the year. Uh, they're quite reasonable. If you want to shoot uh, any kind of shotgun-related uh, activity, all disciplines for it, has ev- it has every discipline there, and they're considered to be some of the best in uh, Southern Ontario. I certainly think it's one of the best clubs around, so I would encourage anybody that wants to get out there and bust some clays to uh, look them up. Great day today. Great day. Great. Yeah, it was we're, a great We day were today. also at Trigger Wholesale recently. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and I was excited. Asked, why was I excited when we were up there? Because why? Well, you know, you there's, remember? There's, well, remember there's always, there, well, there's always a number of reasons why I get excited when I go there. I know that I know that 870 uh, clone that... Uh, there was a big empty space where there was a whole bunch of bottles. Oh, yeah. There, you know what? And, and from talking to Mark, it, that space is going to be filled very soon. Yeah. That's why I'm very excited. You know, the turnover rate in that place is unbelievable. It's you know, like, you know, from from week to week, you know, we go there. Uh, you know, I make it no secret that Trigger Wholesale is a client uh, of ours in terms of advertising and marketing, and uh, we we've opened ourselves up to that in order to to fuel you know the Canadian Gun Vault initiatives. We like to expose as many people as we can to the uh, great world of firearms. We like to spread our message, uh, you know, positive message about legal firearm ownership in this country. You know, in order to do that, it costs money. So we you know we of course engage uh, in the uh, practice of advertisement. And we do that for a number of stores and certainly for Trigger Wholesale as an importer. And we're doing it now, of course, for TACCOM, which yeah. is, you know, going to be a fantastic just, event. Just under a month away. Just under a month away from TACCOM, the single largest firearm expo Canada has ever seen at the International Center located in Mississauga this September 6th, 7th, and 8th. Uh, going to be an unbelievable show. Going to be lots of activities there. Plenty of things for the kids to do. Airsoft fields, paintball. And they have three-day uh, passes available three day, too, Three-day right? passes. They're $20 tickets and you got three day passes that are available you there's going to be food there there's going to be speakers they're going to have seminars yeah. uh, they've got they've got a number of vendors i like to think about 150 I think they're gonna vendors have a panel too aren't they are going to yeah there's a, supposed to be a panel i believe they're going to have me uh, be part of that panel if you've ever wanted to you know meet me come down to the trigger wholesale booth that's where I'm i'll be and front row and I'm heckling you the whole time you can if you want to i'm going to be i'm going to be floating around on the friday uh, speaking to the vendors certainly conducting some interviews saturday i'm going to be spending a lot of time at the trigger wholesale booth uh, a lot of people don't know it yet but uh, you know we always give the information first here on our podcast we're going to be showcasing the uh, Tommy Gun Project the CGV Prohibition Series finally is is finally, finally. is finally here we're going to be de- we're going to we're going to debut phase the, one phase we're going to debut phase one of the Prohibition Series for the people that have been waiting patiently for us to deliver that we're really
really excited to bring this to you guys. Uh, the good people at Trigger Wholesale have generously offered to uh, allow us to spend a little time in their uh, in their booth. Uh, they've got a lot of great products. We're looking forward to uh, meeting all you people down there. So if you've ever wanted to ask me a question, uh, see me, speak to me, uh, please feel free to come on by. Uh, Brass Love and Brunette is going to be in the booth as well. Uh, she's going to be signing some photography, one of my favorite pictures of her and meeting the fans. Uh, so if you ever want to meet Brass, uh, myself. And, and I think that because I had the opportunity to see that picture that's going to yeah. be there. I think it's pro that's probably the best picture. Uh, one of the best pictures you've ever taken because and, and <laughs> just before that, she wiped out. Yeah, people don't but, know. No, but it, because it's a natural look and she's just howling. Yeah, you know what? It, it's, it, 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 it's a really great picture. It, it, you know what? It certainly was a, a really fantastic moment. I was glad to capture it on film. I, I do consider it to be one of my uh, one of my better pieces. And I mean, that, that, that may sound like tooting my own horn to some people, but I don't, I don't care. I really, I really do love the photography and, and capturing the smiles. And that was one of those rare moments where it was just so genuine yeah. and real and uh, and I loved it and that'll be what was she shooting uh, she was shooting an F-12 Typhoon it was okay. her it was her F-12 Typhoon she had brought it out for the very first time uh, we loaded that thing up pretty heavy and uh, she got out there in uh, you know shin deep knee deep snow and uh, she had her feet a little too close together and <laughs> I gave I gave her the hot stuff because I knew uh, I knew that's what it took to break in that gun and uh, of course it uh, it took her off her feet she doesn't like to talk about it much <laughs> these days, you know. But but she she toppled over, and and you know what? It was it was just one of those moments where I could not stop laughing, but I also didn't hesitate to snap away. And you know what? She, you will never miss a picture. You know what? The not, opportunity for a good shot. Uh, that you know what? Regardless, that, that was just such a wonderful moment uh, in time for me and her, and and a lot of people, you know, get get confused sometimes when they you know see me feature her on the page. Um, you know, Sharla has been a, a longtime friend of mine, and uh, certainly she's a, a person I hold very dear. Uh, you know, we are not dating. And people, people, <laughs> people, people, people ask me that all the time. It's like, you know, are you dating? No, no, we are not dating. Uh, we're, we're just really good friends. And, and of course, I, I love seeing her every opportunity I can. And uh, I love getting out with her to shoot. She's always a good time. She's really a vivacious young lady and uh, certainly is approachable. If you've ever wanted to meet her, uh, you're never going to get a better opportunity than a TACOM. And uh, certainly, uh, I'm sure she'll be willing to stand and uh, take a few photos and uh, sign a few pictures. Uh, she's definitely going to have a good stack there, folks. So please feel free to come on down, say hello, uh, and we'd love to see you. Absolutely. And AIM. And the contest was a success. Yeah, the Benelli, the Benelli M4 a? contest. Yeah, yeah. The, you know what? It's funny. The the winner of that contest, literally, we made the announcement. He, the phone call was made, and he was like down we were there. there. The guy was there. Like, I, 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 yeah, hadn't hadn't even left the GTA yet, and uh, that gentleman had come down, picked up his shotgun. He was pleased as punch. And oh man. Yeah, you know, and I can't blame him one bit. That that really, really was uh, a cool draw to run. Uh, the guys at AIM run a good show down there. They're they're uh, a shop that's just starting out, uh, but they've definitely shown some signs of real promise. Uh, they seem to have a real interest in uh, treating people well, and are, uh, I'm sure, going to be names we'll see in the future. That's, and they're running another one. They announced another one. I'm just going to find what, so oh, yeah. find the details. Yeah, well, then, you know, uh, what was the other thing I wanted to mention? Oh, yeah, the uh, the Typhoon Defense 870 Magpul clones are going to be in soon. The uh, Benelli M4 clones are going to be in soon. Oh, Trigger, man, I'm very, I'm very, yeah, I'm, I'm really, for the people out there that you know don't know what a Benelli M4 is, it's it's 
probably the only semi-automatic uh, shotgun that's been adopted by military, special forces, and police uh, in certain areas uh, of the world. And it's a really cool gun. Well, they've you know it's it's ordinarily about a twenty-four hundred dollar item. It's a really expensive Italian shotgun. It's really well made. I've held some of the clones that are out there, and you know I'm really looking forward to seeing the ones that Trigger's going to bring in because I understand that the uh, the parts are interchangeable with OEM product, yep. and uh, you know they're coming in at a fantastic price point somewhere in the neighborhood of about $729, uh, I believe stands out in my mind. Uh, I really can't wait to run a comparison side-by-side, back-to-back with the the, uh, the clones. We're, we're calling it the Clone Wars. We're going to have a real Benelli M4 right next to uh, one of the new clones, and we're going to actually see whether or not uh, they stand up. So, okay, so where did it go? I just lost it. You just lost it? I just lost We're experiencing some technical difficulties here. No, we'll Canadian. get it in, in, get in it like back. two seconds. There it is. Okay, so okay. now. What's going on over They're here? giving away, AIM's giving away a, a Seiko A7 soft touch chambered in 30 odd six. Uh, 100 tickets. Yeah. $25 each. Yeah. With the purchase of a ticket, you get four trigger locks. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. $25, and, yeah, and, and with a pack of four trigger locks, and it gives you one in 100 chance of uh, winning. Well, and sh- that was just announced. When was that announced? Yesterday? It was yesterday, I think it was. Yeah. Well, shit. You know, trigger, locks, trigger locks are four or five bucks each anyway. In fact, I've seen them for more oh, than least. that. Yeah, usually they're six I'm bucks. I'm not sure. Sorry, I'm not sure what kinds. I think it's that one with those the two little pins where you unscrew it. Oh, okay. I don't know if there's a name. I don't know what the name is for those. I okay. don't think they're combo locks, but I can see... I can see the picture right there, and it's like those little. Oh, okay. right. All right. So, th- so there you go, folks. I mean, they're they're the they're the screw down they're the screw down minimalist uh, trigger locks that don't occupy a lot of space. It's certainly not the key type, and it's not the uh, rotating tumbling. But, uh, but you're still getting four trigger. But you get but you're getting some trigger locks that you can use. I'm probably buying a ticket at the end of the week. I'm yeah. Message those, him saying, listen, you'll be hearing from me. Yeah. At twenty at twenty five bucks a pop, you get yourself an opportunity to uh, get yourself there a yep. Seiko and thirty odd six, which is actually a really cool looking piece. It's yeah. Stainless. It's a nice looking gun. I might have to throw in on that one too. I, well, I really, sure I really don't. I really don't have a good bolt gun. Although I'm really excited to try the uh, the new Lithgow's. Uh, we've got we've got our hands on one of the one of the Lithgow LA yep. 101 models. Yeah. And 22 Plinkster for the people that follow uh, his pages and his YouTube channel. One of the biggest names in trick shots in the United States of America. 22 Plinkster has called it the most accurate 22 caliber rifle. Oh, he did owns. he? Re- I didn't know he. Re- he said, he said it was the most accurate 22 caliber rifle he owns, and I cannot wait to put it in the hands of Gas Gas Rider, our resident, oh, yeah. our resident 22 aficionado. I want to see what that thing groups like with match grade ammo out of 200 yards. But if it's half as good as people say, I'm really looking forward to seeing what kind of results we get yep. in the uh, performance charts. And I think last but not least, how about some poll results? Some poll results. Oh yes, that was a North Bay newspaper. North, North on was it not? Uh, you know what? I believe it was. So what? What do you? What do you got for me? So uh, early today, it's about ten hours, thirteen hours ago. Uh, a North the North Bay paper online uh, launched a poll, and the question is: Do you agree with Toronto Mayor John Tory that a handgun ban is needed in Canada? So uh, as of right now. Uh, there has been 22,946 votes. 
the yes have 700 votes. Yes. And the no has 2,221 votes. Uh, translated into percentages, uh, the yes just under 24%, and the no just over 25, or excuse me, 75%. And there are 25 votes that are unsure, and that doesn't even amount to one full percent. Okay, so we've got we've got ourselves a 75-25 split, more or less. Per, yeah. Okay, and and those and those poll results. Oh, 75-24. I'm not giving. Yeah, them 75. The I'm not giving them. The you're 1%. not you're not going to give them the additional. No. You're not going to round up for those idiots. No. Okay, so so we got a 75-24 with a one one percent undecided split. That's correct. And these poll results will never see the light of day in mainstream media. In fact, I'm amazed that they've let this poll continuously. Run Run for 13 hours. Given the nature of the results, usually as a standard practice, they change the question, they uh, reorient the questions to make it more difficult for people to understand how they should answer. Well, that's pretty straightforward. That one's pretty straightforward. Uh, oddly enough. Oddly enough. Well, it, well you know, it's what? because it wasn't in Southern Ontario. Well, I wonder. I wonder if it's just a distraction. They probably are doing something else in the meantime. There. You know, it's funny. I've seen literally dozens of polls taken online, where taken down. To, and, <laughs> Yeah, well, I've seen them taken down too, but I've seen I've seen polls that people participate in and have seen the numbers. It's it's ridiculous. In some cases, it's you know in the in the nineties, you know ninety six percent people saying we don't need more strict gun laws. But in most cases, it's like you know seventy five percent, twenty five percent split for people people that don't want to see the laws change or don't think that there's any merit in in pursuing legal gun owners uh, any more than the government already has. And yet those polls never seem to be uh, in the mainstream media. Certainly, they managed to get their hands on one that was a 6 out of 10, you know, Canadians want to see a change in law. Like, that's the best they could come up with. Was that an online poll? It it, it was, but it was one that they slipped through really quickly. It was something like 1,200 people polled, so it was was up for a very short period of time. 45 minutes? It was up for a very short period of time. Like, amongst dozens of polls that would not fit the government narrative that were never ever put out there to the public to be consumed in mass quantity in the mainstream media, they managed to sneak one by and all they could get was six be, six out of ten. All they could get was a six out of let's, ten Canadians want to see tighter. Let's use exception to make the rule now. Yeah. When every other one that we've all seen was vastly in the other direction. You know, it, it, the one thing about this government that I, I really noticed, I, I got to congratulate the legal firearm community. One, for getting as organized as they have. And you know, like you I, I watch people like Tracy Wilson and Rod Giltaka. Uh, you know, like the firearm community now is more cohesive than it's ever been, and it's only getting better. The more, the more things amp up, it seems, yeah. the more people get militant that we are not giving in to this ridiculous push by the left to uh, take firearms from people or to uh, further restrict legal firearm owners. And I really do think that there's this desperate attempt right now to push as hard as they can uh, in social media and in the mainstream media to try and affect you know, change that they believe is going to result in them getting voted back into power. They really are using the gun issue as an election issue. This is what I predict. I'm going to predict this now. Uh, they're going to say, we're going to 
affect centralized storage. I really do believe, and there are people out there that are going to say I'm, you know, okay. causing, you know, ringing false alarms. I really do believe they're going to combine it with New Zealand-style buybacks, which really isn't a buyback. That's actually just a legalized form of extortion. They're going to promise the nation that they're going to resolve all the firearm-related violent issues. They're going to say that they're going to centrally store guns. They're not even going to realize how they're going to pay for it. They, they don't know, uh, but they're going to make that promise, and their whole platform is going to revolve around the resolution of, of all this violence that's occurring. Uh, certainly, they've got plenty of people writing articles right now saying that there's an enormous problem in this country. They're importing problems. You know, they're talking about what's going on in the U.S. Uh, they've clearly got Billy Blair on board. I've seen this coming for quite some time now. The uh, idea of centralized storage has been on their minds for, uh, for for months, if not years. And it's something that they want. They're going to uh, force people to bring their guns in and take whatever money that they're offered for them. And, and that's the way they're going to approach this thing. They're going to promise this to the nation that they're going to change uh, the fire act in such a way that people aren't going to have to worry about guns anymore. And of course, it's going to do nothing. It's not going to resolve anything. Uh, things are going to be just as bad as they were before. And the first thing they're going to say is, see, we should have gone farther. Anyway, that's about all the time we have for tonight's episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and on Instagram. And as always, Canada, don't forget to shoot straight. Stay safe.